your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. Testing. What was that? What was that Testing. Song you were oh, we tested it. I think we're good. I think it's good. Right? I mean, let's go. Yeah. We should be cool. Now we're super quiet. How is it when I. Yeah, it's much quieter. And that's why I said, if you're going to rape me, at least take me out to dinner first. <laughs> oh, where, where do you take you? That was the problem. Yeah, but where'd you end up going? No, he didn't take me anywhere. That's why I'm telling you. <laughs> if you're going to rape me, take me out to dinner. You know, I would have enjoyed it so much more on a, on a full stomach. But they say, you know, you got to... But you gotta have uh, 45 minutes to digest before engaging in harsh physical activity. It's like swimming. You get cramps. You never get a cramp during sex? Uh, no. I'm you've fucking never, pussy. You've never cramped during sex? No. Then again, you aren't the one doing all the pushing. I mean... <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> me doing all the pushing on my end of the spectrum, which is heterosexual. Yes. I get real tired real quick. Because <laughs> you lack the stamina. No, I work myself to death and then I make it count while I got it while I'm while I'm really while I'm really motoring. I think I got a good fifteen minutes before I start like puttering. You know and by puttering I mean coming. You know, I can orgasm multiple times. Like I can, I can keep going. You keep well, you. Uh, it's all about the stimulation of the prostate. Like I could go probably. I could finish once, and then a minute later, I'm ready to go again. And then like two minutes yeah, later, I'm ready to go again. It's all about the prostate stimulation. I don't know that kind of, that kind of pleasure. That kind of no. It's it, it's it's a different experience. I'm just talking about when I masturbate. <laughs> so welcome to lots of pasta. <laughs> That was some... We were talking about spaghetti. We masturbate spaghetti? Spaghetti and meat balls. <laughs> spaghetti and the balls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, this is Lots of Pasta's podcast where we uh, read and discuss the creepy pastas. And uh, I'm here with Frowns McBoohoo. A.K.A. the Meshuggah Master. <laughs> If you if you say so, you're sugar there. Um, we uh, you haven't been on in a while. Ugh. I would say maybe it's one was the last number you think you were. Was it thirty? Uh is it like twenty eight? I don't know. It's don't, been a while. It's been, it's I'm been always at least, gone. It's been at least ten episodes. You never invite me back on. That's not true. Every time I've had you, I've been having. I've been having trouble trying to get you and Disco Dracula to come over and record because you guys come over and we get really high and we have a really great time just not doing anything productive. Like and by and, and I mean doing anything, getting high included, because we don't do that kind of thing. You're winking a lot. You're winking a lot, and I'm picking up on it. Um, we uh, no, we have to admit it today because today is probably the last day we're gonna smoke together for a while uh gotta cut it back 
as I've been talking about on the other episodes, got got jobs to apply for, got life to uh, to start working on. Uh, you know, amen. So we're we're not going to smoke as much, but hey, we will probably be belligerently drunk at least once or twice. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you you're okay getting drunk with me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not like we're going anywhere. Um. Yeah, but we're not drinking today. No, we are. Um. We picked up some old some old Toby. From the uh, I don't know what the f- the Hobbits. Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire. <laughs> it's pizza time. Pizza time. Hey, guys, I'm going to pose a question to you. You yeah. are our yeah. audience. Yeah, MJ. I mean, I mean, Mary Michael Jackson. Tried. Oh, <laughs> no, you're calling me Michael Jackson. Pizza time. <laughs> but anyway, so I want to pose a question to you guys. Not like you can fucking hear us uh, or can talk back to us. Yeah, they can hear you. They can't answer you. Telepathically, maybe. Yeah. So uh, I want you to tell me what... Is your favorite type of liqueur or alcohol? I'm curious. I want to know. What would you? Yeah, si- leave us some comments or something. Yeah, I mean, you could you could send a, a, a crow. Just <laughs> strap a little yeah, letter send, to us. Send us a falcon. A falcon. <laughs> a falcon. Uh, Just uh, what's your favorite? What's Mr. Death? What is your favorite? Poison to partake of. I'm a whiskey guy, big old whiskey guy. If I could get some uh, some Tennessee honey, and a vanilla Coke, and a couple of them ice cubes, a couple two tree, and I'd say uh, about three fingers whiskey, no matter the size of the glass, even if it's a small small plastic cup, like it's still like you're giving it a good thirty to forty percent whiskey, and that's how I like them. That's why I always say eight doubles. Ba-boom. Sixteen quadruples. You're fucking dead! <laughs> Actually, what about, sixteen uh, quadruples. What about you, That Franz, would be... My favorite drink is a self-made drink. It's called the Boon Poon. <laughs> Your mom was calling you. Listen, studio audience, my, my mama, a.k.a. McBoon Poon... That's where I get the, get get my code name. Which, by the way, favorite drink, the McBoon Poon. Mama Boon Poon. It's equals par, equal. It's amaretto, Bailey's. That's where you lost me. And butterscotch schnapps, with a little bit of ice, some milk. You make this up off the top of your head, or do you actually? No, I had it when I went to a went to a resort. Someone made it for me. Oh, nice. Shit, I wasn't supposed to say that. Yeah, it's fucking my drink. I fucking invented it. I made it. I'm still gonna say you, did, you someone at a resort made it for you. It's obvious you could have gone on a vacation. Hey, you? I want to do bad things to you. Would I'm you put f- you in a dress? And would, hurt you, you. would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me so hard. You don't know what pain is. You do a good Buffalo Bob. <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Bob the Builder. <laughs> Can we smoke it? Bob the Builder. Bilbo Baggins! <laughs> <coughs> Don't do that to me. <coughs> this is going to be the Browns McBoon Poon show now. And then when, when Mr. Death actually dies. 
Don't ever make someone laugh on the intake of smoke in their mouth. I, you know, I'm a funny guy. I'm a funny guy. No, I can't dude, you could trigger my, like, gag reflex and make me throw up. I didn't know you were going to laugh at that. <coughs> I'm crying. How do I know what? I think my jokes are so, terrible. Oh, no, that was hilarious. Yeah, I'm glad you, glad you oh. enjoyed it. But I'm going to stop. Okay. <laughs> I think we gotta get into it. I think we gotta. It's been, you know, it's been a while, but we're we're gonna calm down. We're gonna calm down on these allegedly illegal drugs, um, and we're gonna do some sober. Um, and by sobering, I mean getting drunk instead. Yes. 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 Um, yes. Yes. It's gonna be a smooth transition into adulthood. You know, pick up alcoholism instead of uh. Uh, habitual chronic. Oh, that Sonic chronic. It's gotta go faster. Gotta go fast. Uh, so we're gonna start with the first story. Uh, we're coming back with the uh, the unsettling stories. <clears throat> this was a cool website I found. We read a couple of these on starting with episode thirteen. With um, fuck no, no, I'm not. Yeah, you're Dis- gonna cut that. Dis- Disco Dracula. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. So, yeah, <coughs> these stories are always about, like, genitalia mutilation or, like, you know, some kind of fucked up realization. Uh, they're kind of realistic stories. Some of them are scarier than others. Some are just, you know, funny stories about dicks and stuff. So this one is called That Good Dick. And... Just, just if anyone likes uh, like some good dick mutilation movies, there's a movie called Antichrist. It's a really good movie. Willem you should go see it. That uh, bonus um, fun fact. That's not Willem Dafoe's dick. No, and not, you, not once in that movie is that actual Willem Dafoe's. Dick. And do you know why? Because he has modesty. No, read an article. Willem Dafoe's dick apparently is ridiculously huge and unrealistically huge. That the director said that he couldn't have it in the movie. So Willem Dafoe was fucking packing. God, it's speed Spider Man. It's because it's also because he's really fucking skinny. You know. That's true. All right, we're gonna talk about that good dick. It's all the ladies out there and gay men. You know what a good dick is. Well, that's is. why I'm having you read this. Ah, uh, because I, I enjoyed that. I think you understand. Dick. Like, you understand more than anyone right now uh, what it means to have To that. get that good, good dick. dick. Yeah. You know, if you're not running from it, he ain't doing it right. That's what my mama always <laughs> taught me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's All quite right. a message. Yeah, if you ain't running from that dick, you ain't getting it right. That good dick. We got married two years ago. Tom's a good guy. He's got a great job. He's kind to me. And now, pretty much every day since we got married, I can get that good dick. It would be unfair to say I'm insatiable. My sex drive is higher uh, than most. And yes, my what my husband gives me is enough. I don't crave any more than what he brings to the bedroom. It's just enough. It's perfect. And like I said... Is good. If you had anything like it, you know what I'm talking about. Last night, after we finished up and we were getting ready for bed, I whispered to him my appreciation for everything he does. 
He does so much. He smiled and kissed my nose, and we went to sleep, content and basking in the haze of the afterglow. Because I just got fucked. One night last week, I had to go without. Tom was stuck at work. There had been an accident, so he and his co-workers were busy taking care of the aftermath. It had been a train crap cash. Crash. It had been, it had been a train, train full of cash. Cash. Honey, you won't believe it. <laughs> Everybody was hit with dollars, dollars bills. Dollars, dollar bill, yo. All them's dollars bills. It was all over the news. There were at least 40 dead. My heart went out to each and every one of the deceased. But I still miss Tom. I hate sleeping alone. Eventually I drifted off, only to be plagued by nightmare after nightmare. Awful stuff. Most of which involved my husband and his erect penis. I imagined him among the accident victims, surrounded by the dead. People who had so much potential. People who were cut down in their prime. Such a waste of lives. A waste of everything. Tom came home at dawn and found me tossing and turning. Still in the throes of some terrible dream. <coughs> he woke me as gently as he could, then got into bed with me and stroked my hair. He held me as I calmed down. His gaze of love and concern brought me back to reality quickly. Welcome home, I said, smiling. It's great to be back, Tom replied, returning my grin. We cuddled for a while, but like usual, one thing led to another, and soon we were naked and riding around on the sheets. His dick was hitting me in my eye, and he looked amazing. It felt even better because his dick was in my eye. Hold that thought, <coughs> Tom whispered. He got up and crossed the room. He reached his work duffel bag and took out a rolled up towel. And then he came back to me. Take your pick, he told me, grinning impatiently. Grinning impishly. Grinning impliously. Impishly. Impliously. That's I'm in, not a word. I'm implying that this is impish. Impi grinning impishly. He, he, grinning like an imp. So, like Dobby? Yes, impishly. Grinning like a fucking goblin. Thou shalt like not turn my husband's Kissing dick! Goblins. Kissing goblins. Sucking dick. In bed with a goblin. In, in grinning with a goblin. In blindly. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Grinning impishly, he unrolled the cloth, and three tumbled out onto the bed. My eyes widened. One was spectacular. I stroked it, feeling the veins under the tight skin. It was even partially hard. Are these from... From the accident, he finished. Oh man, it was brutal. Pops were torn everywhere. These were ripe for the picking, he laughed. Well, I think they're just perfect, I told him. Show me here one. Either that one, or this one. That one... Tom asked, pointing to the one that was still stroking with absent-minded reverence. I thought for a moment before I answered, This is a special occasion. Let's go with two. Double Dog Denzel! Tom beamed. So one for me and one for you? Ooh. I pondered. Better make it three. Triple Dog Denzel! Oh. You know, I'd like to... Did you know... Yeah, let me tell you something, Mr. Yeah, Death. You're gonna tell me anyway. Watched a porno recently. Even if I say no. 
And a guy took three dicks mm-hmm. to the ass at the same you, time. You told me already. You Did told I? me this earlier. And I told you then that I didn't want to hear about it. You know, I always... Uh, anyway. You know, I, tell me anyway. I have always... I have a fantasy for two dicks. I feel like three would be a lot, but you know... I'm up for a challenge. And then I want them to whisper to me... Art thou feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> <laughs> now that's where you got me. I got you, babe. No, I just mean, like, now I understand why you had that plan. Oh, why? Because it was all for the Mr. Krabs. No. I just wanted to tell you about the fact that I saw three guys, four guys fucking. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah? Would that be like having the Triforce in your asshole? Hmm. One of courage, one of power, one of wisdom. Yes. <sighs> and together they form the the Tri-Dog. I want to talk about big box retailers for a minute. Now, I've worked for a big box retailer. Funny enough, they didn't sell boxes. Not big, not small, not medium. I'm going to read this one. All right. You can please. What were you getting at? I don't know. I just say. So this uh, this next story is called "Sex in the Cemetery." Uh, Sex in the cemetery Uh, among the dead. In my bed. It's called grave dancing. If you uh, if you like step on graves and you like disrespect the graves, but uh, what about grave fucking? Hey, I got a question for you. What do you call getting a blowjob in a cemetery? Um. Skull fuck! <laughs> it's gonna be really loud. <laughs> Alright. Skull fuck! So this is a. Skull fuck! Sex and sex. Skull fuck! My girlfriend and I were crossing through a graveyard when she abruptly stopped and grabbed my arm. She grinned. I knew that grin. Here, in the cemetery? I asked. Felt a little weird, disrespectful too. Mm-hmm. She mewled. She's gonna get skull fucked! And pulled off her shirt. I looked around. It was obvious we were alone, even though it stopped raining an hour earlier, it was still misty and cool. New England autumn was in full effect. The ground was covered in dead leaves. The place looked creepy. We're gonna get soaked, I complained. But I started taking off my pants. I already am, she whispered. I thought about making a joke and telling her that she should have brought an umbrella, but I figured it wasn't the time or place. We did what we apparently needed to do. She seemed to enjoy it, at least. Afterward, I was trying to pick leaves and grass off of of (laughs) and out of myself while she grabbed our clothes off the headstone. Recognize the name? She asked. Whose name? She pointed. My eyes widened. Rudolph Jans Mendelssohn is fucking buried here? I exclaimed. She grinned. I wish I could have met him, she complained. Um, you know he would have killed you, right? Like the others? No, I don't think so. We would have gotten along just fine. Again, she grinned. I probably could have given him a reason or two to keep me alive. She grabbed my crotch, as if I didn't get what she was talking about. The late afternoon dimness was giving way to full dog. (laughs) Full dog. Double dog (laughs) tail! 
Way to full dark. Fog joined the mist, and I crept down the hill into the cemetery like a shroud. My girlfriend looked enthralled. I'm getting chilly, I told her. It's probably time we head back. Hang on a minute. Let me just take this all in. She pulled her phone out of her pocket and started snapping pictures of the headstone. I want everyone to see where we were. She got a couple shots, then gave me the phone to hold. Thick, cold raindrops began to fall. Yeah, that's probably our cue to leave, I insisted and started to walk away. While I was pulling my sweat, my sweatshirt over my head, I heard her gasp, then moan. What's wrong? I started to say, but then felt the blood drain from my head as I saw what was causing her to make those sounds. My hand, a cracked skeletal hand, had burst from the ground and was gripping her ankle. I shouted and grabbed her arm, but she pulled away. Blood wept through her denim as the hand gripped even tighter, and after a second I heard the bone crack. She didn't cry out, though. Her face took on an expression of intense discomfort, but she refused to shout. I didn't refuse. I yelled and kicked at the hand as profound horror forced adrenaline through my body. Again, I tried to grab her arm. She struggled, but I held tight. I pulled as hard as I could. As I did, a hideous, rotting corpse was dragged from its grave. Rudolph James Mendelssohn. Had a very shiny nose. Let me go. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> Let me go. She finally screamed. Let me go. I, was I don't care what you're going to say. Let us smoke this bomb. We're taking 360 dope scope bombs anyway. <laughs> no. We are not doing anything illegal in this basement, listen, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, listen, hey, listen, 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 listen. We are not doing anything illegal in this basement. I was sobbing now and expanding all the effort I could to pull her away from the corpse. His misshapen head seethed with maggots and his eyes and tongue bulged out like some benthic atrocities that had never been exposed to light. He groaned, and his other hand reached up and grabbed her back, his nails sinking into the flesh and using it to pull. My... <laughs> Bilbo! <laughs> Let me go! Let me go! Let Can't me hold go. my jeans anymore! She continued to scream. My eyes were closed now as I pulled with singular purpose. I felt teeth sinking into my arm, and my eyes flew open as I shouted with pain. He's now a zombie. Great. In that moment of agony and surprise, my grip loosened. My girlfriend fell back into Mendelssohn's grip, and he squeezed her against his rotting, pulpy body. His swollen tongue passed over her neck and face. She wasn't struggling anymore. She just watched me and watched my reaction. Mendelssohn squeezed harder, and I heard his ribs splinter as my girlfriend's body was pulled inside. Thank you for helping me be with him. She said to me, as she was drawn deeper into his putrid carcass, I always knew we'd be perfect together. Well, that's fucking disappointing. That was, uh, stupid. <laughs> yeah. If the skeletal hand came from her vagina, that would be different. No, that would have been a better story. Uh, yeah. You know, they... For being about sex in the cemetery, who really didn't hear... No. A whole lot about sex in the cemetery. School! A whole different kind of insertion was going on there. School! Fuck! 
Yeah. I'm gonna read you a little, read you a little, little, little sizzle, little stories of sizzles. This one's from uh, Reddit No Sleep. And uh, you know this one, uh, this one really brings me back. Both of my parents were surgeons, and I used to talk to furniture. Please read it regularly. Why do you have to stifle my creativity? <laughs> There's nothing Asian about this. Both our parents are surgeons. If anything, I'd say this is more German, but, like, I don't want to listen to you do that right now. You know what I don't want to listen to? Your fucking bullshit. <laughs> How about you pack another non-existent it's bowl? It's already packed. The, what are we to do? We're just sitting there! <laughs> fucking read your story, dude. Both of my parents were surgeons, and I used to talk to furniture. <laughs> I like that. I hate you. <laughs> Both of my parents were surgeons, and I used to talk to furniture. I grew up in an area where the properties are so large and the families are so wealthy that they build mansions and walk enclosing themselves walls. in their and they build walls and mansions <laughs> and Trump and six six six. And they build mansions and walls, enclosing themselves in their own private paradises. Never interacting with the neighbors unless, by some strange coincidence, I was a homebody. I was a home. I was a home. I was a home. I was a home. I was homeschooled until the age of seven, which is where my story ends. Thank you for being a friend. But first, it begins at age four, when I can first remember what my childhood was like. I don't... Do you remember anything past, like, eight? I remember losing a, at a game of checkers. And How young? Like, f- six. And uh, mm-hmm. I got mad at all my friends, and I ran upstairs. That's more plausible than, like, a couple things. Yeah. I yes, guess I do remember some... It was my birthday, and they should have let me win. No. Absolutely not. It's a terrible reason. You are a fuck. I would never give a victory. Because you are a fuck. No, player, don't hate the player, hate the game. Hate the (laughs) fuck! But first, it begins at age four, when I could first remember what my childhood was like. As a young boy, I thought that staying isolated on your family's property was was what all the little boys did. Whenever one of my parents would go out, I'd ask to join, but they'd shake their heads, explaining that only adults left home, and only in very, very dire emergencies. Aside from this, I never wanted toys or activities, and developed what my parents described as a wild imagination. I began to create relationships with our household furniture, spending days conversing with them and naming each and every one. My parents seemed to indulge my imagination more and more, increasing the amount of furniture in the house dramatically. My father had always considered himself somewhat of a handyman and often explained to me that his love of constructing things and how he handcrafted certain pieces. And so three years ensued of deep emotional relationships I developed with the furniture in my home. Arnold was the soft sofa in the living room that seemed to move up and down as I'd reclined on him reading my books. Sophia was the bed that shifted ever so slightly, rocking me back and forth as I fell asleep. Sometimes I could even hear her humming softly. When I'd lay my head on the table in my room, 
Claudio, I could hear palpitations of rhythm to my heartbeat. I constantly spoke with Theodore, a rather small chair that was very responsive to me, making humming sounds and strange vibrations even when unprompted. But above all, I loved the Gladys. 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 All my single ladies, all my single ladies, all my single ladies. Gladys. Now put your hands up. The largest, softest couch in the home. At the home, we get jello. The one who seemed to share my breath. All the furniture felt so soft, so warm, and so alive to me. It's strange how fast things can change. It was a Monday, my seventh birthday, and my parents were in their workshop constructing a new piece of furniture at my present. A woman had gotten lost driving through the town, and although our gates were sealed shut, she managed to push her way through. She knocked on the door slightly, and I jumped up having never heard someone approach the house before. When I opened the door, her expression changed to horror. She sniffed the air and gagged. Then she picked me up and began to run. Tomorrow I turn 27, and I have been rolling over in my mind if I should sit in the gallery while my parents are executed. The headlines had labeled them worse than Carl Brandt, having reconfigured 167 people by my 7th birthday. They were never branded murderers because no one died, but it was much worse than that. 167 people to make 71 pieces of furniture. That's 664 limbs reassembled in formations. No mind should con conjure. Sometimes people think I'm a Buddhist. There's no furniture in my apartment. That is bonkers. I would want a chair made of dicks. Yeah, you would. Except the body still needs to stay attached, so God help you whoever has to fucking figure that out. Okay. Yeah? So you're gonna take you're gonna find the guy who steals the dicks from your first story, and you're gonna have the parents from the second story stitch him onto like what, like a black guy? It's cause I come from the planet of Dickopolis. Where all the dapples are popples and the dicks run aplenty. Oh, I crave for the lavender dick fields once more. Basking in the moonlight of Dick Lake. Covered in dicks. With clothing made of dicks. My hands in dicks. It's really funny that you're going off in this kind of direction. Because I can tell you right now, like, uh, Django Phillips and I, on his last recording, there's an entire story where everything is dogs. Trees are dogs. The floor is dogs. My like, dick is dogs. is dogs. I ain't got no dick. So that whole dicks thing you just did is actually really funny. I ain't got no dick, man. I couldn't write that joke, man. It's on dicks. I ain't got no dick. My dick don't work. <laughs> Django, you can always suck my dick. Oh, Django. Suck my dicks and rub my dicks When your dick don't work but you suck my dick Then you jango Go Chicken This one's called Endless Chirping Oh, hi Chirping it's You're my favorite customer It's from all the stories It's almost impossible to sleep when there's a cricket in your room I know, I've tried. 
the constant chirping as the bug seeks out some non-existent mate is enough to drive you crazy. And I'll admit, for a time, I may have lapsed into a mental state that wasn't the healthiest for me. It would happen to anyone under those conditions. I've actually had crickets stuck in here, you remember? Yeah, right those fuckers were, were annoying. They found their way down the uh, basement entrance and uh, Be fucking... followed someone in during the summer and they just fucking lived here for like three months. I bet they fucking followed... I, I don't know, you had so many people on the show, what's his fucking name? But they fucking followed Terry the Tickler. Probably. He's the cricket hoarder. He just, he like pulls out a flute and goes like, Riddly doo, and all the crickets follow him. Yes. Yes. I went a good two weeks without sleeping more than ten minutes a night. The sound was constant and inescapable. I did some searches online and was told I could buy some lizard who would eat the thing and end my tournament. My tournament. And end my tournament. I let three of them loose before I went to work and never saw them again. The chirping continued unabated. At the end of two weeks, at the behest of my boss, who'd noticed my decline in performance, I bit the bullet and hired an exterminator. We talked over the phone for a little while, and he seemed sympathetic. He'd been to similar calls in the past and knew how much noise a crooked could make when you're trying to sleep. We arranged for him to come while I was at work. Come! <laughs> I got home that evening after the exterminator was supposed to have finished. His truck was still parked in the driveway. And I was inside and I called out to him and there was no reply. I looked around the house, still hearing the chirps of the cricket in my bedroom. I was angry but also concerned. I dialed his employer and was told he hasn't checked in since he arrived at my house. Why the truck was still in the driveway was anyone's guess. The cricket is eating these things and it's not a cricket, it's like a fucking uh, entity, like a Pennywise the spider. It's the cricket. Dimensional sea turtle. It's the cricket from Mulan. After we'd hung up, I got the wild <laughs> notion that a ghost had gotten him. See, after not sleeping properly for two weeks, I began to think the ghost who supposedly haunted my home had done something to him. It didn't matter, I didn't believe in the ghost, that I'd never seen it or discovered any trace of its existence. No, the pernicious idea was born of insomnia and frustration. My mind wanted to put pieces together in a way that made sense to me, and in the sleep-deprived state, it was what I believed. The chirping cricket and my fear of the ghost ensured that my eyelids did not fall for longer than the duration of a blink. I'd stare at the ceiling and hallucinate, sometimes glancing over and thinking I saw the cricket on the other side of the room. I just laughed until I was sobbing. Felt good to laugh again. The following day, while I was at work, the extermination company sent someone out to pick up the truck. The exterminator still hadn't been found. When I got home, I could have sworn I saw the ghost peeking out at me from the corners and at the spots where the walls met the ceiling and the floor. I was so tired, so, so tired. I collapsed on my bed and listened to the cricket chirp. By some miracle, I must have fallen asleep. When I opened my eyes, it was daytime. The chirping had stopped. I turned over and saw the cricket. It was staring back at me from its spot on the floor. It didn't move. I just let it walk toward me, closer and closer and closer. It stopped right by my bed. A scrap of the exterminator's uniform hung from its left mandible. It leaned in and nuzzled against my cheek, then got in bed next to me. Its six-foot-long, 300-pound body <sighs> caused the mattress springs to groan in protest. It was silent. Six feet long, eh? I'd like him to come to the foot of my bed. Thank you, I whispered, and closed my eyes, and went back to sleep. 
I, you know what? I, I can't even tell you what it's that like story a, was about. It's like a Kafka thing. Like, maybe his girlfriend was a bitch and woke up one morning as, like, a giant cricket. I got distracted <clears> when <throat> you Russians said, are nuts, man. I mean, when you said six foot long, I got distracted and forgot about the entire story. You would. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the bing, bing. I'll play it. Skull, fuck. I like this pussy and I like my nuts. I like my coochie I mean, and I like my butt. But I like my studies and I like my tufts. I like my pussies and I like my pretzels. I don't like actually <laughs> that's, that's like nuts. I nuts. I don't like I'm gonna I'm gonna lay something down for you. I know this show is called Lots of Pasta, but I hate bread. But you know what it's I bonefish bread. I, no, even then. I only eat I only ate that because I had to. But you know what I do love? Some good dick. I like a good Ball rip. <coughs> we we didn't put lemonade in the bong. Uh, I don't suggest doing that. Is that genuine or are you making it up? This lace gentleman. Franz McBoon Poon has two funny things about him. One, there are sometimes I cough and I hiccup right after and I can't stop it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. And then the second thing is, uh, I'm dealing with some strange feelings about uh, women. You know, I actually thought thought to myself the other day that like I should try like dating a woman again. <laughs> it's <laughs> like you don't know how gay you are. <laughs> I don't. Uh, You're really gay, dude. Yeah, but I mean, like, I, I, I've been thinking about it. I mean, the dick is great. The dick is good. The dick should be but my you play with some titties. nurture and food. But you want to play with some titties. I don't know. You know, I just, I don't. I just feel like I'd want to like try eating a girl out once. I don't think you'd enjoy it, but I mean, I do. I don't know, man. Like, like, I cut this. This just makes no sense. I'm just rambling. I don't know what to no, say anymore. I want to know what puss tastes, and I want you to show me. I want to feel your puss taste. I would eat any pussy, but I won't eat yours, or yours, or yours, or yours, or yours, or yours. I just read. No, I did. I can't even read anymore. All right, guys, I don't have 2020 vision. I've got 40-40. That was a joke. I hope someone out there picked up on what I was throwing down. All right, bodies to bodies. Oh no, bodies this, to bodies. This story is called "To Travel." Show it's me from unsettling stories. Oh, to travel, perchance to dream. <laughs> it's just called "To Travel." To travel or not to travel? That, that is, is the that question. Is- whether it is nobler to travel, to suck dicks, or to suffer the travel of unfortunate of unfortunate travel. flaming arrows <laughs> in my arrows, bodies in bodies, bodies of body. Am I, is this a, <laughs> that's good. You like really followed me on that. All right, hold on. Bodies in bodies, or bodies of bodies. 
True knowledge requires self-destruction. I'd always preached it, but I'd never practiced it. Never until this morning, when the red wire slipped into the black module, and I moved while going nowhere. My consciousness, my essence, erupted from my body and left me standing in the busy room of machines and batteries and magic. Magic is nothing without machines and batteries. I left my body without looking back at my body. The air, my body was smoky. The air was smoky. <laughs> This basement is smoky. It is a little smoky. The air was dank and shimmering. The walls were porous. No sound met my earless nothingness. There was only sight. My third eye. Between my legs. <laughs> my soul. My angel. My guide. My everything. I traversed the room and slipped through the porous wall. I hung over a city of hideousness and chaos to see the universe as it truly is, as hideousness and chaos was to experience great validation, goodness in order of fleeting aberrations, chaos overpowers seething miasmatic, miasmatic, seething and seething asthmatic. Mm -hmm. I'm an asthmatic. A gaping grin gashed the sky above. Through it, shapes poured. To travel is to understand shapes that would be invisible and incomprehensible when shackled within a booty. Shapes of countless booties. Shapes of colors so far beyond the natural spectra. And they registered as flavors on the tongue I'd left behind. Shapes are the devil's body. I floated down the street. That ah, whoa. Alright, hold on. Back it up. This is like a mind trip. Back, back, back it this up. This dude is like <sighs> experiencing the ethereal realm. I mean, she kind of sounds... The sound, spiritual realm. I mean, I don't know if you've been listening, but she kind of sounds like a, a woman. An old British woman. Yeah, keep going. I floated down to street level. The ground was translucent and fragile. Shapes twisted and arrived through the foundation pores. Paying no mind to the matter, I once believed it to be solid. I followed one. A pinched. None. Euclidean. Euclidean. Clit. Phantasm. Of impossible proportions came into my home. <laughs> Bilbo! Bilbo Baggins! She shifted. She shifted. <laughs> I read that as. I read that as. Inside my wife. <laughs> inside my wife sat her reading a book. Inside my wife were reading a book. Ah! God damn it, Bilbo. I'm Adam Sandler. God damn it. Fucking read. She shifted in her chair. Ah, uh, that dang my throat. She shifted in her chair as she suddenly felt uncomfortable. The probing ceased. She's, she's taking it in the schnaz. The shape left her 
in its place were three infinitesimal spots on her right ovary. I travel forward unto her. The spots begin to grow in inexorable majesty. The person who wrote this fucking is just throwing all these like $10 words in here. And I'm fucking broke. Because it's a scientist. Is this all the same person? Yeah. Chaos overpowers! You can calm down on the old lady voice. Chaos overpowers! I left her and the room and returned to the street. Shapes swirled in and out of the buildings and home and people. I rose up over it all. <laughs> Keep going. Until the city sprawled beneath me like a mirage. What? A, a mirage. A garage. <laughs> the pores of the universe contracted and drooled and gaped as the world I knew continued around me. It all with contended oblivionishness. The area near the hospital was packed with ghostly, indescribable things. I traveled toward it and watched as the sheep poured in and out and through, up and down and all around. Shapes merged the free-floating bacteria with healthy workers and visitors. Bacterial bodies in human bodies in all the bodies. My body passed through my body and gazed upon the shapes connecting the dead and dying to the newborn and preborn bodies. Newborn bodies of dead bodies. My body. <laughs> Do it. Bodies and bodies. B -b -b bodies of bodies. B -b -b bodies and bodies. <laughs> I felt my myself being drawn back through the bodies and towards my home. I tried to move on my own, but I was unable. I passed through the homes of countless people as they went about their lives, entirely oblivious to the forces around them. I slipped back into my skull and opened my eyes. Everything as I had left it, the batteries of my machine are no longer contained in a body. I walked downstairs and my wife greeted me with a smile of honest affection. I stared blankly at her body and wept. Bodies and bodies, bodies and bodies, body, my body. Jesus Christ. So I actually, I really liked that, but at the same time, I feel like, um... I feel like Drowning Pool could have wrote a better troll pasta. So, what I liked about that was kind of this, like, the way they saw the afterlife was as this kind of, like, machine and, like, floating, like, transcendence and then... Reincarnation. I always forget what it's called. I want to say resurrection is never right. Um, resurrection of my flaccid penis! So, that was kind of like a guy triggering, like, a reincarnation or, like, using a machine to view what this, like, spiritual dimension is. And it's really nuts, and I kind of like that shit. I think I will start with the troll pasta. 
I'm not your friend, guy. I'm not your guy, buddy. I'm not your friend, guy, guy, buddy. Bodies of bodies, bodies and bodies. Uh, sorry, uh, I thought uh, I was a little better at Nickelback, but um, <laughs> I'm actually Nickelback trying to be Drowning Pool. When right. will my... I guess this is a good time to do this one. I did have this one for myself. Um, this is one of the most popular troll pastas for some reason. Oh, um, Captain, my Captain. This is um 404. It's a troll oh, pasta. Oh, shit. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I web-surfed weak and weary, over many a strange and spurious websites of hot chicks galore, while I clicked my favorite bookmark, suddenly there came a warning. And my heart was filled with mourning, mourning for my dear amour. Tis not possible, I muttered. Give me back my cheap hardcore. Quoth the server. 404. I don't know about you, but my dick's in my hand now. It was that Graham pose. Uh, the uh, Nevermore 404. It was about uh, having your dick in your hand. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it was. You're not wrong. Oh, speaking of dick in your hand, did you see what what, what number was in that one? Number 69. <laughs> I thought of something. Hey, Patrick. I thought of something funnier than 24. 69. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be the last troll post, and I saved this one for you specifically. Do you listen to Nine Inch Nails? No. What am I, a fag? <laughs> uh, this one's called The Haunted Paperclip. You know, I can read. You're gonna. Ha! Ah! No, just... just Nemo! Get through it. Ha! Ah! <laughs> Start reading. Ah! <laughs> Start fucking reading. <laughs> can I read it in Asian? No. I thought... I'm going to start doing all the titles in Asian because you won't let me read in Asian. That's fine. Read the title in Asian. The Haunted Paperclip. The Haunted Paperclip. It was a typical day when I was drinking my chocolate milk while playing Superman 64 when I noticed something odd that I was playing a really shitty game. (laughs) The mailman came, but he looked sad and depressed. He placed a package in front of my doorstep and immediately started running as fast as he could away from my house. I put down Superman 60 shit, picked up my chocolate milk, and opened the door. I opened the package only to find a paperclip, a note, a used condom, and a note. The note was handwritten and it seems as though it was rushed. It said, You have been cursed by the haunted paperclip, sincerely old man. It was then I realized I had been cursed by the haunted paperclip. I was scared, but what should I do? I started freaking out. I knew that I had to act fast. 3.41 p.m. I looked up to remove the curse online and I found a YouTube comment that could help me out. It's common sense that YouTube comments are always true, so I'm relieved when I could find the answer. It says that to remove the curse, I must drink a bowl of pigeon soup. Ha ha ha, faggot. Luckily, my friend went to ninja camp so he could get me some dead pigeons without ever being noticed. 4.23 p.m. 
I hear him knock, so I am opening the door. He gives me the instructions on how to boil it, so I am taking the pigeon to the kitchen right now. 5.16 p.m. The pigeon soup tastes disgusting, so I put some honey in it. Unfortunately, I swallowed the beak and it was stuck in my throat, and I had to find some way to get it out. I am PMing the YouTuber who gave me the advice on how to get rid of the curse, and now I wait. 5.34 p.m. He finally messaged me back. He says that to remove the beak, I must eat applesauce for a week. This guy's a genius! One week later. I got the beak out. Now I can finally go back to playing Superman 60 shit. Yay! Happy ending! You know, I think the trolliest part of that pasta was that... <laughs> it he, didn't go anywhere? He was playing Superman 64. Yeah. It's a really bad game. I could've drowned Gilbert! Hey, you. I could've drowned Alright, so that's going to be the last story on this episode of Last Gilbert! Podcast. I hope you had a good time. I hope you you smoked some old, uh, some old Ben Toby. Old Gilbert? Ben Tenobi. Stop fucking shitting on me. Gilbert! Baggins! <laughs> you better calm the fuck down! Do not take me for some conjurer of tree tricks, Gilbert! I'll stab you in the fucking neck with a knife! I'm not trying to harm you, Gilbert. I'm trying to help you. So, uh, this was Franz McBoohoo and Captain Death here on Lots of Pasta episode 38. Hope, uh, oh, hope everyone enjoyed it. And, uh... Got anything you want to say? <laughs> Gilbert! Okay, we'll, we'll see you guys. On uh, Lots of Pasta, or if you're vegetarian... Gilbert pasta. It's a great pasta. At least great. <laughs> At least great. <laughs> God damn it! I'm drowned. <laughs>